thank you for listening to the 12-1 podcast. My name is Amy Kirkpatrick, and this is a podcast all about living life as one of the disciples and committing yourself to learning from Jesus every day. heard a person say that the mess in their house is a direct reflection of the mess in their heart. I don't know if that's true for you, but it'd be so good to have warning lights or an indicator or something that helps us understand when we are starting to become a snarly, nasty mess. Often I don't realize what a mess I am until I'm grouchy or dealing with anxiety or I can't focus my thoughts on anything. Then I know it's time to dig. But sometimes I wish I knew before it got to that place where it's super messy and all gnarled up. Speaking of gnarly and nasty messes, I want to introduce you to our garage. Now, there's a point and a purpose of why I'm bringing this up, but it's good for you to know that when we were living in Oregon, we had a, a good-sized house, and it was it was beautiful. It didn't have all the updates. We hadn't painted any of the interior. We kind of just left it as it was when we bought it, and uh, but it was clean. It was nice. It was um, taken care of, and, and then it seemed like the moment that we would open the door to the garage, it was a totally different story. There was almost a a life of its own in the garage. And it kind of felt like sometimes like we were living a double life that if anybody came into our home, they would think we were clean people. But if they went in the garage, they'd see all the deep, dark secrets and the tragic horror of what our garage was. I hated the garage. I never would go in the garage to do anything. But I would say that I that we have some excuses. We have some things we could say to kind of um, boost our spirits about what our garage used to look like. Uh, like my husband used to have a, a t-shirt company. And so he had a screen press out there and it had all of it, his inks out there and, you know, things that he needed for lights and all that. And we had a pool table um, and we had a foosball table and a ping pong table. We had to store a lot of his t-shirts in there and I also had a wood shop in there. And so that stuff is really messy. I had saws and all sorts of things. And there's sawdust that comes with that and a work table. Uh, we have all sorts of sports gear and paddle boards and rafts and kayaks and bikes. And so this four car garage that we had was packed to the gills. You could barely walk through it. It was just a mess and a disaster. And I want to also just kind of mention that because my husband was always working on his t-shirts, he'd leave the doors open, which meant that critters would come into the garage and find homes in the garage. And so our garage was not only full of stuff, but it was full of stuff, like critter stuff. And so this garage just became really nasty. And at some point in time, uh, we just kind of stopped using it and stopped touching it and trying to organize it all the time. We just kind of let it have its own life force. Now, like I said, I tried to stay out of that garage as much as possible. On this particular day, though, I was a walking mess. There was just a storm going on inside me. I can't even remember what it is now, but my head was an absolute mess. I was being a punk. I was having a terrible attitude. I wasn't treating my husband well. I was grouchy with my son. And I was like, wow, what is going on? This is ugly. This is how I'm acting right now is 
is terrible. And I need to I need to get this in check. And so typically when I do that, I know kind of my pattern of what I need to do. I need to get some alone time. I need to sit by myself. I need to breathe. I need to sit with God. I need to pray. Like I have my system for calming my head down. Now, I'm kind of a little bit of a fireball. Um, and so I'll admit that this is a struggle for me is that when I get frustrated about stuff, it builds and builds and builds. And then I want to explode, right? And so my poor husband, he's so sweet. Um, but at this particular day, I really needed to get away. And there, there was, it was outside, it was just pouring rain. So I couldn't go outside and go on a walk like I normally wanted to. Uh, my son was upstairs being super loud. My husband was in our bedroom. I don't know if he was napping or what, but he was, he was in the bedroom, uh, relaxing. Uh, we also had roommates at the time, uh, two great roommates. They were great guys, but um, they're in our space, right? And so they were downstairs. One of them was downstairs cooking or something. And there was just not one space for me to go and have some quiet. And I was kind of freaking out because this had to be taken care of. I was thinking, okay, can I get in the car and drive? You know, can I, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to make this happen? And I remember walking up and down kind of the, the hallway downstairs, just kind of like, oh, you know, looking in rooms, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I could tell my roommate wanted to start a conversation. I was like, ah, I was kind of about to lose it. So I'm in the hallway and I'm just kind of, Lord, like, I need some time with you. Like, <laughs> I need you to find a way for me just to sit with you, please. I need this. And I just felt him tell me to go to the garage. Now, for those that kind of struggle with hearing God, I'm, I don't want to make it sound like he just outwardly spoke to me and was like, go to the garage. It wasn't like that. Uh, but there was just this sudden clarity that came over me um, with a solution that just popped in my head um, just supernaturally. And it and it came with a sudden revelation. It wasn't something that I was kind of thinking about and it had roots that built into something, but it was just a sudden flash, a sudden thought that came into my head with absolute clarity. And I just I know I can recognize it's God's voice, um, but in this cer- certain circumstance, I also knew it was God just because I didn't want to do <laughs> what I heard. Um, I knew I was supposed to go in the garage, but yet with every fiber of my being, I didn't want to go in the one place that causes so much stress for me. I hate that garage. So I took a deep breath. I opened up the garage and I stepped into the, the garage and shut the door behind me and it is super quiet in there. It actually blocked out a lot of the noise that was going on in the house. And I step in there and just take a deep breath. And I I felt like God was encouraging me to go deeper into the garage. Like there was a reason I was in the garage. So I kind of take a couple steps in and I feel this, again, sudden clarity, this, this thought come into my head of something. And again, I, I hear this clear, sudden thought come into my head telling me to turn off the lights and Again, I recognize the voice, but on top of that, I just know because it's not something I want, because it's something I'm, I was afraid of, something I was afraid he was going to ask. And so um, I kind of pause. I'm like, Lord, are you kidding? You know, because <laughs> I'm already testy. I'm already kind of pushed to my limits, right? And so I'm kind of taking a deep breath. And I'm kind of just standing by the door just going, you know, I really don't want to turn off the light. It's not what I want to do, right? And so eventually I just flick the light off and the whole garage goes absolute black except for one light way off in the far corner. I mean, far corner of the garage. And it's a light that my husband uses to do some fine uh, fine detail type stuff. And, but it's a soft, soft light. It's just enough for me to kind of see and navigate through the garage without, you know, making it more than a, a soft light. Um, and so as I'm walking through the garage, I'm kind of like 
trying to sense what he's telling me to do. Like, why am I out here? And at the same time, I'm attuning my ear to all the little critters that might be out there. You know, I'm starting to to hear them and think about, well, isn't this the time when you turn off the lights that everything starts crawling around, right? And so I'm walking towards the back and, and I notice that Eddie's couch is there and he's got shirts all piled up all over it um, that he's been laying out for a project. And I just know in my gut that I'm supposed to kneel down on the ground here. And I pause and I, I kind of tell the Lord, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like I, for some reason, the visual of a, a rat running across my legs as I'm kneeling down on the ground, praying with the Lord just kind of really freaked me out. Now, I am not the kind of woman that is afraid of uh, rodents and snakes and spiders. So I had that going for me, but at the same time, I don't want them crawling on me. I don't necessarily want to sit there and feel a rat crawl across my legs, right? So I was kind of feeling really uneasy and kind of really grossed out about this idea of kneeling on my knees. And I was just sitting here kind of wrestling with the Lord, just saying, really, like, this is this is what we're going to do right now. This is really it here. But I felt this absolute push. I felt this certainty that this is what I was supposed to do. And so... I got down on my knees and I laid my head down on the t-shirts and I was just so thankful that there was a clean brand new t-shirts and that I didn't have to stick my face in and anything gross. But at this point, I'm just, I'm just disgusted. And I'm sad that I have to share (laughs) this story with you of this nasty garage. But here I was on my knees, desperate for the Lord. And I kind of sat there and thought to myself, wow, this just shows how desperate I am (laughs) that I'm willing to come and sit in this pretty nasty garage. It took me a hot second to get my mind settled and to start praying, one, because my mind was all worked up about the things that I was frustrated with. But then on top of that, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm doing in this garage. And But there's a certain point in time when I, I started to relax my mind and start to actually pray with the Lord. And all of a sudden, it was it was instant that this visual came over me and it was this this idea, it was this visual of me cleaning the the garage and I was getting rid of a bunch of boxes and I was scrubbing the walls and all sorts of things. And it was all because I knew that the Lord was coming to visit me. And this question popped in my head, Amy, if I was coming to visit and I needed a place to stay and the only place I could stay is in this garage, what would you do to prepare for me to show up? And I kind of laughed because I was just sitting here thinking, are you kidding me? I would <laughs> I would scrub this place top to bottom. I'd, I'd repaint everything. I'd get rid of all the nasty boxes, make sure all the creatures are out. I would put a window in over here so it was beautiful. So you had a place to look outside. I would, I'd put new furniture in. I'd put in rugs. I'd, you know, the list was endless of what I would do, <laughs> right? Um, and the first step was to get rid of a lot of things that were really junking up the place so that at the very least we could start walking through the space together. At least he can get into the garage because right now we have to kind of step over things and kind of find an aisle way. Then suddenly I realized why I was in the garage the first place. Because again, with absolute clarity, I felt God tell me that this garage was an example of my heart. That the stuff was where the creatures were hiding, where the things they eat and make nests in. The stuff makes it possible for more and more to be around. The stuff, though we don't touch it, holds a piece of our hearts and attention and time. I had created a really, really messy garage full of boxes and full of all sorts of stuff. And I was trying to step over it and I was trying to uh, use this, but I couldn't find this. 
it became someplace I started to avoid because it was so messy, because there was so much junk in it, because I kept throwing things in and I wasn't getting rid of nothing. And I started to realize that the reason I'm a mess right now is because there's a mess in my heart that needs to be sorted out. But the key to this is that when God was talking to me, he very clearly said that he didn't want me to clean the garage by myself. And that was kind of a weird thing for me because I was thinking about if Jesus was coming, (laughs) I would want to prepare the garage for him. But what he was telling me was that he wanted to come and step into the garage with me as it was. And instantly I was repulsed. I was like, no, there's no way I would let you step into this garage with your sandals and have and have mice and rats just walking across your feet. No way, Lord. Like I couldn't I couldn't let you do that. But I kind of realized that that's kind of what we do with the Lord is we bring him our our best selves when we're feeling good. But when we're feeling so messed up and we're struggling with life and we got nastiness in our heart, then we can't go to him because it's not prepared right. It's not it's not warm and cozy enough for him to come and dwell. But he's actually kind of proposing the opposite, that he wants to come and dwell in the garage when it's at its worst. And I remember this super, super clearly. God was really careful to say that he wanted to go box to box and evaluate the insights. Not everything was trash. Not everything had to go, but that each box kind of had almost a topic on the outside. And when I was sitting on my knees and looking at this visual, the, the garage was still a mess and he was standing in the middle of the mess and he picked up a box and said, what about this one? And it said something on the side, which I don't remember now, but it said something like, relationship or um, past hurt or something like that. And I, I started to realize that we all have boxes in our lives that clutter our space. Much like surrenderance, we need to realize that our brains organize thoughts and almost box them up for us. They, they're put into stacks and placed into corners where the rats can chew on the sides and nest inside and we never even know about it. We forget about these box thoughts until we kick our foot on them or we examine the damaged box to see what we've lost to the rodent settlement. But they're still there. I know my husband has gone through that garage dozens and dozens of times to reorganize and find new space and clean things up and get the rodents out. And he's found so much damage over the years, just realizing that we're holding on to damaged goods. A past moment where we never forgave is still there. A relationship where we were cheated on or when we cheated is still there. The memories of past traumas, of great loss, times where we got rejected, depressions, anxieties, all those things are still there. They're just tucked in the corner fall away, far away. All our past is still present. Now that one thought may seem harmless, but all the boxes, equipment, and supplies in a garage tells a full story. Someone looking at your garage may not see the past trauma uh, box that's sitting in the very back corner, but when you add all those things together, and so what I started to do, I started to ask the Lord, what do you want me to surrender first? What is the first box you want me to pick? And sometimes I'd hear an answer right away. I just kind of knew in my gut what the box was, Um, and sometimes it was something that came over time. And I kind of realized, okay, I need to focus on my pride, or I need to focus on this box over here that has a whole bunch of past hurts that really need to be managed. Or here's a box over here of guilty things I did before I knew the Lord, and I just need to talk to him about that and work through where his grace is, all that stuff. And 
so what I started to do is started praying, asking God to help me surrender each box individually. And so in the issue of pride, I would take that box and I would tell the Lord, you know, I don't want this. I want, you know, I want to be a changed person. I want you to change my heart. And eventually when I felt like I was ready, you know, really sure that I was ready to let go of whatever the box was, I came into the practice of getting down on my knees and I tried to envision being at the feet of Jesus. And I put my hands down um, as if almost putting my hands on Jesus's sandals. And I would start to pray and I would start to just ask the Lord to take this from me, to help me surrender this thing, this box. And then I started a vision um, having a box in my hand and I would actually form my hands in a shape of a box. For some reason, just using, you know, my imagination in this helped me to make it even more real and present. Um, and I started to think about that box being full of whatever it was that was really on my heart, that was really hurting and I was agonizing over and I was stressing over. And I'd envision myself filling that box with that thing. Um, Again, it was different for every single topic that I was kind of struggling with. But I would take that box and I would just push it forward towards the Lord and I would physically let go of my hands and just place them on the ground. And it was my symbolism to myself saying that I was letting go of that and I was pushing it towards the Lord, the one that was full of grace and mercy, and just pushing that toward him to have. It was now his and I was letting go of it and I was going to move forward in a new direction. And that signified just a box being removed from the garage. It was just one step closer to having my heart cleansed and healed and mended so that the Lord could come and dwell more fully. Sometimes I would present to him a concept of something that I felt like I was ready to start to surrender. And he would say, whoa, let's not do that one yet. Now's not the time. And I would be so relieved. Thank you. You know, I can move on from that one. Um, And then sometimes it was... God just knew that I just needed a vent. I just needed to let loose. And there was times when, you know, I'd start to ask like, Lord, I need you to help me surrender this. And that turned into me writing a novel on my phone as I tapped it, typed out just these raw, nitty gritty emotions. And as soon as I just let go of all that, I was able to forgive and, and let go of past things. And I was able to suddenly move forward and then fully surrender that situation and just let go of it and let it not be a part of my identity anymore, you know, whatever it was. And so I found that God led me through this process instead of trying to do it on my own, instead of trying to massage myself where I felt like I needed to go, I was actually just allowing the Lord to lead me and say, this is what your heart's ready for. This is the, this is the box that's most important, or this box can't go until you do with this box. He, he organized it for me. He showed me the most efficient way to clean out the garage. And I know he will do the same thing for you. Sharing nitty gritty stories like this that just kind of expose our imperfect lives sometimes are really, really hard. But I truly believe that it's important to be authentic and to really share your faith from a place of where you're actually at and not trying to just present the very best of your faith, but to let people hear what you actually struggled with, what you're still struggling with, and kind of where you're going in your growth process. And so if you have anything you want to share, you have comments, questions, anything like that, I want to hear it. Feel free to share with me. 
be truthful and honest with me. Uh, you can email me at 121podcasts at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, no numbers, 121podcasts at gmail.com. I love to hear from you.